1: What's up, everybody? It's been a while. I took some time out to chill with my family in New York. I also made a couple of good pod episodes while I was out there. We got my boy DJ Mateo DeFontaine. Tain, Tain. Coming up pretty soon. As well as hip-hop legend DJ Premier. So it wasn't all funny games. I was thinking of you all, too, when I was hanging with my peoples. I also needed a time to round up the festival season with the criminals. And if you follow me on Facebook, you'll know that we're back in the studio making it nice for you. and new records should be out, I'd say, like the beginning of the year around that way. So I've been away from the pod for a minute, but I've been making some moves for you. So it should be good. We're hitting the ground running with a seriously inspirational guy this week. He's a Royal Marine Commando who was injured in the line of duty, now a triple amputee and a wheelchair free. Check this. So whatever you do, you don't feel sorry for this guy. He can lift more than you. He can row harder than you. He can run faster than you. He can swim farther than you, yo. Which is a good deal because he's competing in the Invictus Games in Toronto starting this week on September 23rd. My guest this week is a veteran athlete, motivational speaker, and all-around awesome man, Mark Omrod. We spoke at a service station in Exeter. You know how we do. we off the record, we're keeping it real. We met kind of halfway for where we all are at. You'll also hear Mark's buddy, also a former Royal Marine Commando, Matthew Elliott, who is producing the upcoming documentary about Mark called No Limits. It's spelled L-I-M-B-I-T-S. Check me. I'll give you more details about that at the end, so stay tuned. And welcome, my people's tune in, drop out, and get a little oorah in your day. <laughs> So, I'm here with Mark, and we were just talking about. Uh, we're, we're here at Exeter Services, just give people a picture in their mind. Because the thing I like about podcasts is like people are driving or chilling, and like mm-hmm. the two of us sitting at a services. Yeah. It's kind of cool with crying babies and shit. <laughs> but we were also talking about. Uh, we're near the, I guess, the recruit depot. Is that what you guys call it over here? Because we call um, it recruit depot in America.
2: Its official title is the Commando Training Centre, of Royal Marines. So cool. uh, it's in Limpsden, and this is where, for the last, I don't know, maybe 40, 50, maybe sixty years, uh, all Royal Marines come to conduct their training. There's a, there's a place ten miles away, um, Woodbury Common, just a big okay. common area where we do on the oh, exercises the, yeah. and you know conduct our training. Uh, so most of it is based around here, in, in Exmouth, and Devon, mm-hmm. um, and occasionally we'll go off to other places, Wales, places place called Sennybridge, and, you know, around the country. But Get the, you the,
1: cold and wet and sandy. Exactly, <laughs> right.
2: But the, the bulk of it is here in, uh, in sunny Devon.
1: Yeah, well, it's sunny today, man. It is. So we were, I was talking before, there was a lovely little girl who was crying a little bit, but we were talking about how you became a Marine, what made you want to join.
2: Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I was about 15 and a half, up to the end of school, I had uh, my GCSEs, my exams on the horizon, and just had this moment where I thought, no matter whether I do good or whether I do bad, come the end of these exams, I need to make a decision: do I go on to further education or do I join the real world and get a job? Now, I didn't. I didn't dislike school. I did okay in my exams, but I kind of felt that I didn't want to go any further with it, and I wanted to join the real world and get a career. Now, even though I had made that decision, I didn't know what, exactly what I was wanting to do. So I kind of narrowed my options down. I knew I wanted to do something which in my mind was macho. Yeah. yeah. So I narrowed it down to the police, the fire brigade or the military. Uh, back then, you know, when I was 15, naively, I thought all firemen did was put out fires. I didn't know how much their job entailed. So it didn't really appeal to me. So I kind of you know, scrubbed that one the police didn't last very long because I didn't want to lose all my friends (laughs) so I kind of scrubbed on that one pretty quick and so I thought you know I'm going to join the military but again being young and naive for me whenever you mention the military straight away you think of the army so I went down to the career centre spoke to the guy down there got all the information came back and and started the process because I was young I take my parents to sign the form yeah 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 And then my dad told me that I had an uncle who was a Royal Marine, and he only lived about 15 miles up the road, so halfway between where we are now and where I live. So we jumped in the car one day, we went to meet him, he was a commissioned captain, and um, I had a conversation with him. He told me a little bit about the Royal Marines and how they were different to the army. I then went (laughs) back to that career center, spoke to the Royal Marine in charge, they showed me the recruiting video, and it it just blew me away. I, I just looked at these bunch of men who could operate you know, by foot, by sea, by air, in the Arctic, in the desert, in the jungle, in the woodland. Yeah. You know, they were like the ultimate flexible, all-round soldier. You know, and I thought, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it properly. I want to go through the hardest training I can go through and yeah. see what I'm capable of. And so I switched and decided to sign up for the Marines instead.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Every time I talk to a Marine, it's kind of the same story. You know, mm-hmm. my dad was Marine, right? So for okay. me, when I got to the point where I was going to join the military It I was like well I'll go join and see if I'm as tough as my dad cause my dad died when I was young so I didn't know him so I was like oh I'll try to be as tough as him or whatever so like the family thing is really key because mm-hmm. a lot of times you could see like you know dudes in their dress blues and you know whatever but the thing is when you have a family member say like fuck the army no yeah. offense but, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't mean that in a bad way I mean a lot of great guys in the army a lot yep. of great you know people but The thing about the Marines is that it is that thing I want to test myself to the limit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's kind of interesting that it's very similar with every Marine I ever run across, even Royal Marines, which Mm -hmm. is kind of interesting. Is it the same thing kind of with you? The Marines. Yeah. My dad was Navy, brother was Navy, grandma was Navy, and so forth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I to the Marines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting. I mean, with with what you're doing with the Inviticus Games, man. Now, are there is it, is it. still kind of like interservice rivalry because there's always been that, like Navy, Marines, yeah. especially Army, especially Marines and Navy in America. Is that kind of like the way it goes there? You know what's funny about this <laughs> is
2: in the training camps, there's a little bit of that inter-service banter mm-hmm. and rivalry, yeah, but yeah. it's all good fun. Yeah, yeah. But I think the the overall feeling is we're coming together as the UK team mm-hmm. to compete against these other guys and so we're one family and now we're going to have that banter with the other countries yeah. you know so yeah. it's nothing malicious it's all good fun yeah, was no disrespect so we got to jump in there I'll, I know I'll follow Mark I know Mark Mark is taking this so fucking seriously <laughs>
1: yeah. and we go to these training camps and the guys you know, <laughs> are like that yeah marks
2: that foot on with or yeah. snorting protein off the table <laughs> yeah, I,
1: mean, yeah. yeah I, I remember when when we first got uh, I was a grunt and we deployed to jump school, right, with Wet Platoon and we were at an army base, right? Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I actually saw that kind of stuff, right? And the thing I I took from the same thing you said, man, where yeah, it's it's kinda like, you know, there's a banter and stuff like that. And it might get to be a punch in in an e club somewhere, maybe, Mm -hmm. right? But most of the time it's just kinda like it's you know, we're the team but, you know, we're also the Marines, you know. But yeah, especially when you're on another base, like you have to kinda hold it down when you're an army army base. Or if you're on a boat, if you're somewhere with the Navy or whatever. Mm so with this this uh, I guess No Limits is the, is the title right yes with the, the documentary film, put yeah. together now it blew me away when I first saw it right because the way you, you know, the trail the first trail you put out okay. it's like you know it, it takes everybody it takes everybody's breath away that I've shown it to right now it took you many, many years to get to that place physically, but mentally, were you kind of like always like, fuck this? You know, I'm, you know.
2: Yeah, we, we were just having this conversation on, on the way out here um, when we come out the services about a lot of people kind of look at me and some, some would feel sorry for me, but actually, I'm very, very lucky. And when I woke up in hospital three days after being injured, my whole mindset was, fuck it. it, it it's not going to change it's just another challenge and yeah. i kind of put on my my head that i had when i first started my training i thought this is going to be tough you know it's going to push me but it's achievable and that's exactly almost instantly when i woke up that's that was my mindset in hospital you know it's a challenge i've got a rise to it yeah. and i kind of felt about two weeks into it this pressure of you know, 300 plus years of the Royal Marines standards on my shoulder and I had to uphold those standards Mm. no matter what my situation was. And and that carried me through a lot of it, you know. So it was all, a lot of it was it's all mindset
1: yeah. I think mind over matter is pretty much a thing that you know as the older I get it's the thing that kind of gets me through a lot right yep. and I guess I take it all the way back to when I was 17 and I first realized what self-discipline was right yes. when yep. you come out of what well, we call it the world right it's kind of the same thing you got come out of the world you go into the marines and then you realize that oh well you know it's all up here man because yep. they were like you know they're always the little tiny skinny guys that are taking everybody off yep. you know, over that yep. hill, like come back man yeah. you know and I, I I think it's one of those things where if we can teach civilians, and I know this is kind of a weird thing for me, kind of, but civilians don't, a lot of times don't have that self-knowledge and the self-discipline because they they haven't really had to trust themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I talk about it a lot with like you know young people when I talk to them. It's like you have to trust yourself. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm capable of yet, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing where I'm like, oh shit. Well, I can't tell everybody to join the military, right? I can't mm-hmm. tell everybody to. You know, try to like get in a situation where they have to trust their own self. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you talked to, I mean, you know you talk to a lot of people about this, and I'm sure you're probably more versed in it than I am. That's one of the reasons I want to talk to you. But what are the things that you can transfer from what you've kind of gone through in the military in the mindset to bring to like civilian people that are kind of like wishy washy about stuff?
2: I, you, you do have to trust yourself, you're right. Mm-hmm. And you have to believe in yourself mm-hmm. and, and have that, not arrogance, but that. Mm-hmm high level of self-confidence that you can go out and do the things that you want to do you know i was 17 as well when i joined the marines and i remember getting there i live literally 40 minutes away from where we do our training but i might as well on the other side of the world and i was a 17 year old and i jumped into a room with 62 men i was the youngest one in there and i felt homesick straight away even though i was only 40 minutes away and i thought i'm not sure if i can do this but then as each day went by, my, my confidence grew and I thought, you know what, I can do this. I am going to do this. And by the time I'm 18, I'm going to have gone through the longest and hardest training in the world and that's something I can be proud of. And when I did that, that changed my world. Because then I thought, well, no, actually, you, you can do pretty much anything mm. if you believe in yourself and you, you concentrate on the right shit And you just keep going.
1: Keep going. Now, when you say the right shit, you mean like kind of, especially when you're trying to put it in the civilian world, because we're dads, right? So we try to teach Mm -hmm. our kids stuff. And is it by example that you learned? Like you saw the Marines that were older than you that were like, say, sergeants, NCOs, corporals, whatever, that got you on the track a lot of times when you got in the fleet? I just, I I have a a
2: mega strong belief like we're all born pretty much the same except if you're unfortunate enough to be born with a a disability or something we're all all born pretty much the same so if I believe if one person can achieve something there's no reason another person can if they copy you know the kind of way that he did it so you know if you want to be a a billionaire just spend your time studying billionaires and copy their mindset copy their actions and then you've got a much better chance of doing it so when I see all these people around me who are Royal Marines Lance Corporals Corporals Sergeants Officers Whatever I saw a bunch of people That have already done What I wanted to do Mm -hmm. So you know it's possible You just have to You just have to Concentrate And and focus On the right kind of stuff So I would look around To people that are older than me Because I felt homesick And you know I was young And I would kind of copy What they did to cope And then I just broke it down Into a process And took it Week by week Day by day And just thought You know Because every two weeks We would be tested And if you don't make the grade you oh, get put you back get a tree so my thing with them was every, just you know just put that F in for two weeks as, as hard as you can and I kind of ramped it up every day got to that two weeks past took my foot off the gas ramped it up again for the next and just kept on yep. breaking it down and breaking it down until eventually 30 weeks were gone and I did it
1: that's sound that advice it's like eating an elephant small bites man. exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. cool man yep. I think a lot of people uh, I guess are inspired by the fact that people don't really know what marines do when Mm -hmm. they leave the country that they're from right when they go deploy where they're deployed it's all kind of like a mystery unless of course there's like something that happened at Sergeant Blackman for instance like he had a body cam or something like that which is whatever but when when we all come back, and I think we kind of feel this all the same thing. It's like, how lucky is everybody who lives here, right? Oh, yeah. And I guess to transfer that knowledge of how lucky they are to have this kind of freedom and stuff like that is a barrier that I had to get by. I still kind of sometimes have to get by that barrier. But when you finally get past it, you start to kind of go, okay, I'm back here. I'm going to try to be inspirational. And when, I, I know that you're talking about the Lance Corporals and the officers and the sergeants that inspired you. Now you're inspiring everybody that's coming up right and you talk about the responsibility and things like that i know with the documentary is that kind of like the idea behind it to be you know respectfully inspirational
2: i mean it's 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 pretty heavy man we just wanted to document you know my life you know we've got social media now so you know you can interact with people that you probably never meet in your life and you know you can get a lot more involved and i had people sending me messages over the years um saying they'd seen a little clip that i would put on facebook or an update that i did or something maybe in the in the mainstream media and it felt good that i was just living my life i didn't i didn't go out with any intention to motivate or anything like that i was just living my life and documenting it and people got some real positive results from it and i thought well this is a little taste of it if we go big with this and put all the behind the scenes stuff in a documentary that could help a lot of people potentially you know because I remember god nearly 10 years ago now lying in that hospital bed with three limbs missing having never met an amputee before with a million questions in my mind thinking who do I ask these questions to you know and, and the hope is that this documentary will answer a lot of those questions and You know, there could be someone now sat there with all their limbs fully healthy, who in 12 months' time might get knocked off a motorbike and lose a limb, Mm -hmm. and this could help them.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a a cool way to look at it, where. I, I suppose, you know, life's a journey, right? It's a destination, right? right. And I, I think the fact that you were just living your life is a testament to a lot of people who eventually, if they get into a situation, like you said, like some gets a motorcycle, or whatever, mm-hmm. and they find themselves in a life-changing yeah. situation, they can check out this, yeah. this doc and go, okay, well, that's, that's the roadmap I can start mm-hmm. taking, right? And I think that's fucking admirable, man. I think that's awesome. Now, you guys have been filming this thing for a minute, right? I mean, yep. it's been like how many years you've been doing this?
2: Filming the documentary.
1: it's yeah. only this year, isn't it? Oh, yes. We started this year. I right, so Officially, mm. right. So, you're gonna to go to the games and all that kind of stuff, and, yeah. and do that. So, tell me a little bit about the training thing, because I've been checking you out on Twitter, and it's a okay. it's a ballet because I feel fucking lazy. <laughs> 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 I'm over here trying to do my push-ups, like Jesus. Uh, so,
2: I have never done this before, ever. Um, my my main goal when I first got injured was to. Leave my wheelchair behind mm-hmm. and, and not use it for as many years as possible. And the last time I used it was the 9th of June 2009. A lot of the other guys jumped into sports, uh, and then obviously I had children and, and family, and I had a new, new job, new career. So that all kind of overshadowed my life, and I didn't ever get into these sports. And they weren't sports that I was interested in. You know, before I was injured, I was a, a boxer for the Marines, I tie box, kick box. Mm-hmm. Never liked football, never liked rugby, don't like didn't like athletics, anything like that. So it didn't interest me. So I left it. And then this year on Christmas Eve is is my ten year anniversary, what we call the bang aversary. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Damn. Well
1: that, yeah, I got I gotta like I like the fact that all Marines are pretty much the same art. we just like making fun of shit all oh, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Know.
2: <laughs> and um I can't I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was some point this year I was just kinda sat down reflecting, and I just Sort of mental image of a jigsaw puzzle, and there was a piece missing from it, and it, and it was sport. You know, I'd done the family, the career, everything was in place except sport. So I thought, I'm going to get into some things. And I'd done some stuff lightly in the background. I'd, I'd hand cycled a little bit before, and I tried a few of these sports, but nothing really excited me. And then I'd, I'd seen two years of the games, and I saw a lot of my friends going out and doing some really incredible stuff, and. I had a better understanding of actually how difficult it was because I had this preconception of, you know, disabled sports being more of a sympathy thing
1: where if you can... Yeah, like, I know people think of it that way yeah, a lot of times. if you can hand cycle it. a
2: mile at some really slow pace or whatever, people think it's inspirational. And I mm. thought, I don't want to be that guy that people pity. Mm. And then I got on a hand bike, and I'm like,
1: fuck, this is hard. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um so I thought, okay, let's, let's just set some goals. And my plan is to do this once and then never do it again. I just wanted to get that last piece of the jigsaw in place. Yeah. And then for me, it would top off a decade of being injured perfectly. I, yeah. I would have completed everything. Okay. So I did it and I started training. And I, I realized how hard it actually was. Rowing, I'd never sat on a rowing machine in my life and it is horrible.
1: Yeah, it like looks nearly horrible. Every session, <laughs> it looks horrible, man. Nearly
2: every session, I'm, I haven't properly thrown up yet, but I've done the whole dry retro.
1: We should be used to that, man. I know,
2: I know, I know. Um, The hand biking is just horrible. Mm -hmm. It's just lungs in my throat the entire time. And swimming, I I didn't even learn to re-swim again until last year. Really? Um, Pretty quick, man. Yeah. So now, you know, it started off with... Let's do it. Let's see what I can do and, and improve as a person. but Now I've got competitive with it, and I'm, I'm like, let's do it. Let's see who I can
1: beat. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's um, and really push yeah. it. Yeah. So now, have you have you with your team? Right. I, I used to are a bunch of branches of service. Obviously, but do you guys have a coast guard here? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is it all five? No. Or is it just Army, Navy, Marines? Army, yeah, our, Navy, Our, our Coast Guard aren't
2: really classed as military, are they? They're not really classed as a military here. <laughs> not in America um, either. No
1: offense Americans. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, no, I have a friend of mine who used to be, uh, I guess, a hard charger in the Coast Guard. He was like the drug interdiction guy. Okay. And I got to give them credit. They're running yeah, around with guns yeah. and shit trying to go after the, the narco dudes or whatever. So it's just Army, Navy, Marines, right? Yeah. And Air, and Air Force, Force, right? Air Force. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: well yeah that kind of series as well <laughs> they uh, know, no no most life, yeah. <laughs> no we, we, we do have we do have um,
1: all branches yeah. represented now with good. the different I guess the different sports they're like how many different sports are there I'm not really too familiar with the oh god I think there's about but about 14 altogether. together so the team sports obviously right like football you have uh, there's volleyball mm-hmm. um,
2: basketball rugby wheelchair rugby okay
1: don't um, want be crazy with some Marines and some wheelchair rugby. All you know, right. I've, I've not ever seen it, but I hear it's pretty brutal. I, I, I can see Marines throwing wheelchairs. Yep. Throwing on them dudes, yeah,
2: You're sitting on the floor, picking the chair yeah, yeah. and, and hitting <laughs> each other <laughs> Yeah, but um, I'm not. I've, I've just been focusing on my ones, really. But you know, they got you got the whole athletics thing with the running. Um, long jump, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff then you've got the things like shot put, discus, archery
1: oh, so like, yeah, like the old school joints
2: yeah, I mean they've even got golf now this year they, they, they've got golf and there's, a, I don't think it's an official sport at the minute, but they've got some sort of Land Rover driving challenge where really? you jump in a Land Rover and you race around a, a rally track
1: yeah <laughs> so sounds like my wife's kind of sport <laughs> <laughs> so with, with your sports what are the events that you're concentrating on?
2: So I I uh, will be rowing, swimming, and hand cycling.
1: Wow! Yeah. That's some heavy shit, man. Yeah. Now you, you I saw in the in the clip that you do running right. You do like the the, the yeah. blades running right. Mm-hmm. Is that what they call them? Yeah. Because they can't say the dude's name anymore because it's gone. Yeah, got Yeah, understand. Now with all the training that goes into it, I mean, you said you have you have a career and stuff like that. Do you get time off to train and stuff like that, or are you just training yeah. on on off times? Cause we all got wives, man, and it ain't nice about us not being home with the kids, I know that. <laughs> it's
2: both, it's both. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate, I work for a, a charity called the Royal Marines Association, mm-hmm. um, they're based in Portsmouth, I live in Plymouth, so we're like 200 miles apart, but I work remotely, mm-hmm. but they're very flexible with me and, and the stuff I do, because a lot of the stuff I do like this at the Games, mm-hmm. I'll be representing them. So, you know, so it's kind of, it all kind of intermingles, you know, my, my work and my my other life and everything so yeah I'm, I'm fortunate in that way but like today you know I've come up here dropped the kids off this morning come up here do this and I've got to go back I've got some more meetings so I, I won't be swimming until later on this evening you know back home the kids will probably be in bed Th- these next couple weeks leading up to the games yeah, have, nice. have intensified a bit so I'm away more than I was before I was I was doing it in the mornings and fitting it around stuff so my wife's very good she understands all that she's very supportive
1: of it yeah so the support uh, system is actually you know when you have like a good wife that's taking care of you yeah. you can't feel more supported you know that's the it, thing. it
2: it's crucial you know she doesn't ever moan about anything or wins that I'm not here I mean when I'm not doing this my job takes me away you know when I work as a speaker yeah. I could be in Singapore Germany Holland you know London wherever and I'm away for three, four, five days. I think the last time I went away was ten days solid on the road. Wow! I think I did about fifteen hundred miles. It was just going from city to city to city around the UK, speaking and doing the fundraising work and trying to train in between.
1: So, is there a lot? I mean, with the with the games, right? I mean, obviously, everybody knows that Prince Harry's idea is is it is a lot of the the money that's going into the team. Great, it's Team GB, right? That's what you call it, right?
2: Yeah, I'm, a, but, I'm not. Too up to speed on and all that kind
1: of stuff. No, I'm just, no, I am just saying. Like, I, I mean that more. But like, as far as like raising money for the teams, is that like, is that like a thing that you enjoy doing? You go and see people and talking to them. Oh yeah, I just I love, love spreading the word. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, I'm not say Prince Harry sitting there going to write a check. Exactly. Won't me a check. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. but you know, all the team. They, it, this, this whole Invictus games thing goes a lot further than sport. I think. You know, a lot of the team are in schools now with their, their kit on talking to children and, and trying to inspire and motivate kids about the benefits of sport because a lot of kids you know go through hard stuff as well and, and sport can be a release from that whether you're able-bodied or disabled or whatever so it's, it's a whole it goes so much further than just turning up to Canada competing you know maybe winning the medal a, there's a whole legacy that comes along with this
1: now, the camaraderie we, 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 in the Marine Corps kind of transfers to your, your your army buddies and all that kind of stuff and Navy dudes. But when you go to the games, right, have you been to the games before?
2: I, I've spent like an hour at the closing ceremony, of mm-hmm. the, the first London games, yeah. and that's it.
1: So I imagine it's pretty much going to be a bunch of military dudes having a real good time, man. Yeah. Now, it, it, it's in Canada, right, so they got pretty relaxed laws as far as like drunk and disorderly. Right? okay. Uh, where is it in Canada? Toronto. Oh, okay. Toronto's a good town, man. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I got a couple of friends that are in U.S. Marines that are former Marines that are going up there to do some stuff. So okay. I'll give you a couple of names. Man. Nice. A couple okay. dudes you okay. can run into, man. Cool. Yeah, it's going to go
2: wrong very right? quickly. Yeah, it'll go, uh, okay. go okay. wrong.
1: Now, I did touch on before about a little bit about like civilians not really understanding what guys in the military do. And then especially when we come out of the service and we kind of have to... Fit back in, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you came out, obviously you had a lot of other stuff prioritized, right? That you wanted to do, but when you started getting back into like the socializing kind of thing, what's what's the thing that you probably end up saying more than anything else to civilians? Saying to them, yeah, like well, they ask you about stuff. Obviously, that's probably what happened your injuries and things mm-hmm. like that. But when they say, like, you know, when they say, "What's it like being a marine?" What do you usually say to them?
2: I, I tell them, and it's my honest opinion. It's to me, it's one of the best jobs in the world. You know because like I say, I went in at 17. I tested myself yeah. as I was going from a boy to a man. And that changed my life mentally, knowing what I was capable of. Yeah. I had and still do have a incredible circle of friends that, you know, grows to this day. And it's a very unique group of friends. You know that yeah. from, from your guys yeah. in, the, in the US Marines. The The opportunities are pretty much endless. Yeah. You know, if you wanna do sport, if you go in without much of an education, you can get one in there, you get to travel the world. Like I say, you, you operate all over the world, yeah. again testing yourself, seeing if you can survive in the Arctic, in the jungle, in the woodland, yeah. you know, and if you are proactive, your career progression is really good as well. And you can just become for me it was about just becoming a all round yeah. kind of person and, and just developing all the skills mentally, physically and and my qualifications and what I could do.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was, I was talking to a bunch of kids. I guess they were like teenagers, right? And I was talking to them about a little bit about, I guess, the opportunities that I had. Not just, you know, I guess, more mental opportunities. Like you become worldly. Mm. You know, you're 17, 18 years old. I enlisted at 17, too. So it's like you're seeing other countries for the first time. you see seen your right. own country for the first time yeah. sometimes. I mean, yeah. I'm in California and 29 pounds. I was like, wow, palm uh-huh. trees, man. Yep. But that does something to you, a young person, right? And especially the kids I was talking to, they were like 17 and they, I guess they were kind of like, I guess suburban for lack of a better term, right? And you could see that they that's what they, they needed That's mm-hmm. what they, you could see it was just like giving a little drop of water to the desert they are like wow that, that's yeah. wow just zapping their heads mm-hmm. like that and I was, I was I was always kind of thinking remember National Service they used to have the thing yes. you sign up yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you guys do you think that's a good idea for not like you know because Israel does it for what six months or whatever you got to join the IDF for six months and then you can stay you can leave but I think just boot camp yep. would help a lot of these little young motherfuckers out <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying
2: I, I, I completely agree you know 12 months, you know, in there, discipline them, you know, give them some direction, some focus, teach them a little bit about what the real world's like, because you get all these little you know, punks running around you know, thinking they're, they're thugs and gangsters and terrorists.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about
1: people you know some of them
2: are like 21 years old and I think by the time I was 21 I've been to war I've been to Iraq yeah. I passed Royal Marines training I travelled the world mm-hmm. and you know they're running around causing trouble in McDonald's thinking yeah. that they're, they're tough guys yeah. Yeah. and yeah. they need an education so 12 months even if it was a part time thing you know they had to commit to a weekend a month or something
1: it's like your reservist kind of thing right, right. Yeah. yeah, but just they have to, to go through initial recruit training or like yes. you know boot camp maybe yeah. so
2: just uh really put them out of that comfort zone and kick them in the ass mm-hmm. and, and toughen them up a bit yeah, and I, I open think so, their yeah.
1: minds I think, yeah, exactly I think a lot of things will happen if they do that but I, why do you think they don't do it? It's just because everybody's just so politically correct now they don't want to The world's like,
2: too soft yeah. Nowadays the world is too soft and everyone is wrapped in cotton wool and it's, it's too PC and you know, you can't be seen to be doing this and to be doing that because, you know someone's going to say you're a bad person mm-hmm. or, God, what? What? Hello mate, how you doing? You yeah, alright? Yeah, good, yeah You all right? I'm gonna come see you soon, mate. I was gonna send Becky down to see you. Just gotta get a few bits for the house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess you see a lot of this with just—I mean, I'd say probably in the last like 20 years since the advent of the internet—that mm-hmm. I guess we just see more of the world, and you see it just being really soft, like mm. you said, man. And I, you know, I, you know, we got kids, man. I don't want to displace reality from them. Obviously, if they're babies, you gotta have to. But when they get older, you kind of have to show them what the world's like because the idea is you're trying to build a productive human being, right? Mm. And I, I definitely. I definitely think that the national service thing, because it's in the United States you have to sign up for national service at 18 or something like that, right? And I remember when I when I when it was time for me to sign up for it, I was already in, but I got the letter, which is kind of ironic that yeah. I was already serving and I got this letter to sign up. But I was like, <laughs> but I remember talking to some friends about like, oh, I'd never do that. And I was like, why? What what else are you doing right now? I mean, these guys didn't go to college and stuff like that. I didn't go to college, but mm. they were like, I was like, what else are you doing? You're just sitting around like acting like a tough guy in McDonald's or mm. whatever. It's it's not going to work out and. I think 99% of those people that that didn't want to challenge themselves haven't, you know. And it it seems like there's a generation of people that have gone off to wars, especially in the last like 15, 16 years since 9-11, right, Mm -hmm. that are coming back with a different viewpoint to everybody else, right? And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you because... When I start talking about stuff, I know I almost kind of I censor myself, man, because I can't talk to people because they they you almost kind of have to like in case you offend them. Well, I don't want to offend them. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to offend yeah. them. But if I'm telling you what I think and it's not what you think, a lot of times if I censor you'd be like, okay, that's what you think, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of let it roll off. But mm-hmm. it gets it gets stuck in people's throats all the time. Mm-hmm. like, oh, 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 I don't understand. I can't deal with someone's opinion that's not my own. It's yeah. like this echo chamber weird shit. Now. With, with these podcasts I'm trying to talk to different people with different perspectives that actually talk about different things mm-hmm. now you're talking about the cotton wool thing now when you go talk to the young people around this country what do you see with it? as far as that do you think them, see them actually trying to understand where other people are coming from or do you think they're shutting down a lot
2: it's a bit of a mix I think mm-hmm. you know some do some don't it's um, and I, the main thing I try and get across to you know kids especially when I go talk to them is that world isn't you know as he says in Rocky all sunshine and rainbows yeah, yeah. This, is, this is the reality You know, life can be tough and then I try to let them know that I know they deal with their own adversity in different ways a lot of these kids come from from broken homes you know poor upbringings and that kind of stuff and, and they're young some are like 5 years old yeah. up to, to 16 you No, know? but I try and say to them I, I get it to a degree you know we all face adversity differently, but you just gotta get up and get on with it, you know, and, and don't be soft and don't be wrapped in cotton wool
1: it also seems like it wastes a lot of time so, you know I guess eventually everybody kind of sees what it's about but sometimes that's you know after the whole all the fun when you're young you can get away with shit yeah. you know yeah. because the whole thing I always thought was I was I thought I was actually blessed that I could get away with jumping out of planes and swimming yeah, in the ocean exactly. running through the desert being up in freaking the arctic or mm-hmm. whatever it was because that's like you know you think oh, man I had a good day today man what did yeah. you do I did some crazy shit mm-hmm. I never thought I'd do sitting around the lower side of Manhattan and you know hanging out trying yeah. to trying to put nickel bags of pot together to try to sell and make money
2: it's funny because even I mean one of the the one of the sayings you get in, in the Royal Marines it, it constantly gets drummed into you particularly when you're in training when one person starts moaning mm-hmm. you know say it's three o'clock in the morning you've been yomping across Dartmouth for four days and someone's <laughs> like this is shit the, the training team the guys training you they, they always turn around and say shut the fuck up civvies will pay thousands to do this (laughs) you you don't get it until you just say what you say you get to jump out of planes it doesn't cost you anything you get to go to the Arctic it doesn't cost you anything you get to do all this stuff Go, you know whatever and you do it for free and it develops you as a person but civilians do have to pay thousands for it, yeah. and you get it for nothing. <laughs> that is Brilliant. a
1: great idea. Yeah. yeah, you see all this, like, I guess in the last couple of years, you see, like, like the boot camp yeah. like, gyms. Yes. And yeah. they make me laugh, because, yeah. you know, I mean, there's some guys that run it that, you know, obviously have to pull a lot of it, but they're, like, you know, old forces dudes, like, I guess drill instructors, whatever. And they're just, you, know, you see them kind of hammering, you see them kind of look off in the distance, like, oh, I remember, I, I could probably put my foot in the back of this dude's neck. Yeah. But yeah, civilians would still do, I guess, you know. I didn't I haven't jumped in a lot of years since I've been married because my wife doesn't think that I'll I'll be good at it now. Okay. You know wives are. Like, you did yeah. it before I met you but mm, I don't uh, know about right now. Yeah. now. But uh, you do see like a lot of the uh, a lot of like the old forces dudes getting into doing like stuff for civilians like the boot camp stuff and then yep. like the adventure training and all that survival kind of stuff. Survival training. Yeah, the survival training yeah, like that track, the zombie track. apocalypse kind yep. of stuff. There's yep. this dude what is his name? Uh, some American Marine Guy. Reyes, Rudy Reyes or something like that and, okay. he, and he did like this TV show about like how to avoid the zombie apocalypse oh, really? it's just no, funny because he's like he's a Marine so he's just kind of like rolling his eyes and a lot of stuff like if the zombies come this way you know, he's just yeah. showing you squad tactics which is kind of gotcha. interesting now, when you when you work out where, actually, what was the music that, that uh, got you Charged when you, you were like saying jumping out of airplanes or getting ready to go on a mission or something like that because we had you know the, the the I guess back I'm dating myself I'm 49 but <laughs> or I see a yeah. Metallica tattoo but it's like, you know I had a Case Logic cassette but like 12 cassettes and I always had like a bunch of cassettes and that was my, mm-hmm. my go-to tracks.
2: Um, I don't think I got s- not specific go-to tracks and this is weird. It really doesn't fit. I don't think with me when you look at me but when I was growing up and I first started getting into fitness about thir- yeah. you know, 12, 13 for some reason I gravitated towards rap music mm-hmm. like the the hardcore <laughs> stuff the like NWA mm-hmm. and that kind of and that's kind of stuck with me now you know more the modern stuff yeah. and that's that's what I train to you know proper hardcore <laughs> gangster <laughs> rap kind of music mm-hmm. um, which people I think are a bit shocked by when they when they hear that
1: I mean I, I you know, I grew up around that stuff too. I, that to me, that's motivational music, man. Yeah. Because you hear some some serious situations and some guys in mm-hmm. South Central L.A. Mm-hmm. fucking the police and whatnot. And I think I, I I get with that. I think that's really cool, Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I, I listen to that stuff too. lot like when I'm when I'm trying to train and stuff like that. I, that's that motivates me. Yeah. It gets you through yeah. it, man. Plus, it's loud and annoying if you play it really loud in the gym. Everybody else kind of leaves you alone. So.
2: Yeah. No people when you try and take over the speakers put (laughs) up your music on they're like
1: yeah yeah, so I I go to this one gym right that's near my house and it's part of like the Soho house thing okay and you go in there and you know it's it's pretty like I go in there in the mornings after I drop my kids because I'm lucky enough not to have like a regular job so I can kind of go fuck around And (laughs) and I go to the gym and it's always like you know like, I guess pop music playing, I just yeah, can't deal. I, know, I, I can't I get a sweat with pop music yep. it. Mm. So I, I, at first I was talking to the lady who like, kind of like is supposed to watch it, and I just kind of just stick my, my phone in. But yeah, people get really annoyed when it's not like nice, nice. I, I guess, who, what's, I don't even know who pop music is now. Like Rihanna or something yeah, like that. They,
2: they, I think they have to put on some generic stuff to please everybody. Yeah, so, you know, you can't be too... I think we struggle with the radio in the
1: car, don't we, sometimes? Yeah some of the shit we don't get these days well, all, all I yeah. do is you listen know. to
2: all I do when I'm, when I'm not with Matt when I'm on my own I'm, I'm audio books podcast yeah. all the time but when we're travelling around
1: he plays Metallic all the time <laughs> no
2: I, I couldn't tell you one. master of <laughs> yeah. no but we, we laugh at this all the time don't we yeah. we do it on the way up here we, what were we saying on the way up here we were talking about we, we ended up talking about art for some reason mm-hmm. about how it's subjective and what one person sees and another doesn't and I said about music and I said you know, back in back in the day when there's proper music like Sinatra and stuff, and now you turn the radio, I can't even understand what the fuck some people are yeah. saying.
1: Yeah, that just I, I you know, I, I'm in that game, right? And I I don't listen to a lot of that new music because I can't. It seems to me like remember Demolition Man that movie with Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when they, it was Sandra Bullock was like the future girl, right? And he was in her car, and like, oh, this is my favorite song. And it was like a jingle the for jolly something. The Green joy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So to me, it, that's what it sounds like. Everything's kind of like evolved in like these little kind of hooks yeah. that just repeat themselves a lot, yep. and you're kind of like, eh, eh, eh. and they're like earworms, right? They, you get in, people go, oh, well, that's a great song. It's like why? Because I can't forget it. That doesn't. mean, I, I had Britney Spears stuck in my head one time. Yeah. It wasn't it was good. <laughs> it was that it got in there, it wouldn't let go. Yeah. <laughs> all These like mumble rappers, too, because I like rap rap, where you yeah, can hear they're, what they're, someone's they're, saying. They're they're just, like, yeah, well, I can not understand what he was saying. Yeah, well, that's, like, that defeats the purpose of hip hop, it's yeah. a communication tool, right? Yeah, like, right. NWA, they might be from some crazy place, but you understand exactly what they're saying. Mm. Yeah. They enunciate telling a story, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Now it's kind of like I don't know what it's like now, it's like ADD, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, people don't have, I guess, the time to listen to music the way they used to. Like we said, proper right. music, you buy a record, right? And it was like an album and you spent your, your allowance to get it and yeah. if you didn't get it... That's what said. It, like, that's exactly what shit,
2: you, didn't and you appreciated it. it. Yeah, because like, if every you...
1: Did, note. Every Yeah, exactly. Oh shit, man. You mm-hmm. put the record on and you, you'd be like, all right, cool. The You know the band's favorite song was side two, track one, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how you do it. But that was the idea. Like you actually invested time and effort yeah. to enjoy something like art, like even yeah. if it's like a, a painting or some shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, this is my theory that is over the last I guess since the internet really came in everything's really turnover so quickly like, yeah. even with news and things like that mm-hmm. that we've been kind of programmed almost to not invest that much into it's like it's yeah yeah well I mean look at like like a Metallica record right they actually spent a lot of time years putting that record together sequencing it doing it putting the artwork on the album mm-hmm. and all shit whether you like it or not it's a, it's a piece of art right and now you know, someone comes out with a record and it's not an album, it's just a bunch of songs featuring other people, produced by a bunch of different guys, yeah. written by a bunch of different people, yeah. doesn't have a a whole coherent idea behind it, just trying to get in the charts. Because even if you get in the charts it's not buying the record anymore. It's streaming it mm. or like, you know what I'm saying? So if you go on like Spotify or, and stream it like 20 times, that's considered a buy. Yeah. When I was coming up, if you sold a record, you got paid, mm. right? And if you sell a record now, you don't get paid. They have these things called 360 deals that if you get, if you sign a record contract, they will take the record sales. They'll stick your publishing, <laughs> which is usually yours. They'll take your touring, and they'll stick your merchandising and literally anything else they can get. I think that's kind of like, it's, you know, it's, it's a good kind of way to look at how society's gotten kind of fucked up, right? Where all the stuff that used to mean a lot to us, we've been kind of incrementally moved away from those things, mm-hmm. right? And now it's just kind of, everything's just kind of, it's, a, I hate to, I don't know, I don't think I'm quoting to dude wrong, but he was one of those... French dudes that was talking about postmodernism and like I'm not big on that shit, but I, I saw something on the internet about this shit, and it's like the whole idea for postmodernism is to break down everything that we love, <laughs> and, then, you're right, you're right. and you're left with nothing. <coughs> and Like there you go, yep. ah, I'm done. And it's like no, that's bullshit. That's not what life's about. It's yeah. about enjoying literally every freaking minute, right? And I think it comes back to like I guess I guess guys like us that have decided to kind of you know pick up a sword and, for lack of a better term and be that be those kind of guys mm-hmm. and seeing our brothers fall and stuff like that knowing that every minute's a blessing yep. and that's ingrained in you and you know I'm not saying we're the dinosaurs here but I think if anything we're the smart ones that we pay more attention to yeah. you know and I think that's a lot of reasons why I wanted I wanted to kind of connect with you, Do you and even this dude <laughs> that's taken away
2: because it's I don't know if you saw in the Marines in the day there's a few things in the paper one the of them was about how we like to cross-dress when we're
1: yeah. Well, yeah. and apparently now they're going. They're camping down on that naked bar <laughs> as well. <right? laughs> and now they're saying they're taking this away from. Yeah. And that's the whole part of being a Marine. This, Yeah. Well, it's all these little things that that make the whole thing the thing. And yeah. if, once you start marginalizing little types, though you can't dress as women anymore. It's like, well, you know, I was going to get drunk tonight. I wasn't planning on dressing like a <laughs> woman. But minute, it might happen. But it might. Now yeah. it can't. So you're <laughs> fucking with that. You know, so <laughs> yeah. these little things. Yeah. Got to do. And you start taking it away. Yeah. And even dumb shit. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think when Marines dress as women when they're drunk, they're offending transgender people. They're not even thinking about transgender people. No. They're thinking about that dress will look great on Bill. You know that's how yeah. that yeah. goes you know it's just a group thing it's just
2: yeah. it brings the lads it's just yes. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, a unique it culture to a small unique group of people yeah. so it's a bit of fun a bit of bonding and people just, you know it, it annoys me that people get offended by that because like you said we didn't it's we not their fucking business it. it's, number it's, one yeah, it's <laughs> not their business it's, we're doing it for us yeah. so don't be arrogant enough to think that it's anything about you yeah. go away mm-hmm. leave us to do what we want to do you know and everyone will be happy well not everyone will be happy because no one ever is
1: when you do you, uh, do you guys have jump wings when you guys go to jump training mm-hmm. and stuff like that now back in the day you used to put them up then it got you get them jumped on yeah yeah that's how it was man mm-hmm. and now I've read something literally I think I read it like last week where that's like if, if you get caught doing that it's like really bad. Like you could get court-martialed, at least stand in front of the man for some. You know, you'd be a freaking PFC again or some shit. You know, it's,
2: it's crazy. You're supposed to be a soldier, yeah. and it's a little little stab in the yeah. chest. You yeah. know, it's not a
1: bayonet. And you know, it was probably you know probably hurt more. It's landing last time you got the, right. the fifth jump that got you your silver wings. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know exactly what they. I mean, it was. It, it, I was watching a movie with my wife when I was in America recently that. A uh, few good men. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? and that, that pretty much is is what I'm trying to say in a nutshell. That whole that whole speech that Jack Nicholson puts up there. Right? So mm-hmm. you want you want to be safe. You want to afford all you yourself yeah. all these luxuries and this free speech and being able to critique every motherfucking thing yeah. on the internet. How do you think that shit happen?s mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I think it's important for people to kind of recognize that. Yeah, you can hang out, and talk shit about the country, and mm-hmm. you know. Start fights at McDonald's. You can't wear a dress, though, if you're a Marine getting drunk. But these guys that go out and do all this stuff, they have to. They have to almost swim against the tide of society. And that's what I did. I, I think is the most important thing that I can take away from that. Movie. That stuff's important, man. You can't just is, yeah. curse masculinity because that's what it is. I mean, also, you look at history, right? You got the, the Greeks. They had, like, David up there looking all good there in the beginning, and then at the end, there were all these dudes with long hair, wishy-washy yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. What happened to them? Yeah. Society failed. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Rome. First of all, it's like, the Romans, yo, we're going to fuck mm-hmm. some shit up, and then, hi, we're the Romans. I'm not saying that being that way is bad, but you've got to have everything in life. There's a spectrum of how human beings are, right? Mm-hmm. And once you start Saying one thing's bad That that people actually Need to keep a society together mm-hmm. and also what society is and We all kind of make concessions to be part of this Right? We all say okay I can't punch people when I'm mad at them Okay I get it I'll come to the to the travel lodge You know what I'm <laughs> saying? But we all make these small concessions But then When all those concessions Have to be addressed It's, it's like It's just endless Because mm. I guess society as a whole has to marginalize people you have to go well yeah you you can't be a a serial killer and live in society right Right. well that's an extreme version but also you can't be someone who can't drive and have a driver's license you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and I know that's one of your pet peeves is driving right how do you mean? You said I, I saw a tweet you had the other day where it was uh, oh, people in the fast lane because you oh, drive a lot, right? Yeah. see I'm new driving in this country. Yeah, I we'll drive progress. by the fucking book. Yep. I drive by the book. I'm like in that lane. I'm gonna. I just. Yeah. I'm on the wrong side of the road, the wrong side of the car for me. Yeah, yeah, So I'm just trying to do it, get through it, and live. And then you see these people just acting fucking willy-nilly yeah. man.
2: It's crazy. It just yeah, it drives me nuts. Like I, I drove seven hours to there to pick my bike up. It should have took me four, and it was a Sunday. So I thought there's not going to be a lot of traffic and got stuck in about four traffic jams purely because of those people that sit in the middle lane switch their brain off <laughs> and then just cause all the tailbacks yeah, yeah, yeah it's a pet hate on
1: mine well, I, I think it's it's also one of those things where it's like that's where's your discipline if you're operating a 2,000 pound piece of machinery in front it's of the like, people yeah, that yeah. could kill them have your fucking head on mm-hmm. swivel man you know <laughs> get that shit going you I know, know. Yeah,
2: yeah definitely
1: now, I did want to talk to you guys about the about the film. So you guys are doing this together, right? Yes. Now I have a friend out in California who does like movie production. I had him on the podcast. You should check him out. His name is Dana Brunetti. He's the Coast Guard guy I was talking about. Okay. Well, he's right, a right. he's a good dude, but he's out there as like the only sane man in Hollywood, which is okay. it's 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 really funny to see him operate. Like he produced. Uh, the Social Network That movie about like uh, Facebook And he also yeah. did Captain oh, really? Phillips yeah. okay. He also did uh, The Fifty Shades of Grey Brothers Gotta Make yep. Some Money And all that kind of stuff But yep. he's he's like One of those dudes that He's not politically correct gotcha. he's, yeah. he's not He's he. But he he operates in that world and it's hilarious you gotta see you gotta follow him on Twitter he's hilarious he okay. just chews people up spits them out and they're all like but 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 he's like but nothing you can't say shit to me yeah <laughs> you know which is I think great I think more people should be kind of like solid in their boots yeah, yeah. but he's a dude I'd love to put you guys in touch with yeah. about, this, cool, about yeah. this doc because he does cool shit okay. and being an ex-service guy even if it is the Coast Guard he's still an awesome dude so. alright That'd be awesome yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah, no, that'd be cool, man. That was one of the things I thought of initially. I was like, wow, these guys could you know, kind of get together and do some talking because yeah. it's, it's a thing that, you know, I, I don't know if I'm really accurate, but in the United Kingdom, me, it's veteran stuff because they are not that many veterans. Mm-hmm. It's looked at as a positive thing. You see a lot of guys with the with the Help for Heroes bands and stuff like that. Yeah. And in America, it's, it's, not, as, it's not as widely... Accepted that like this war has been going on, you know, and these people are, you know, the, you know these heroes of the nation, and all that stuff should be, you know, treated well. So I think this kind of thing for him would be a great thing to get this documentary out in America.
2: What you mean? American veterans don't get treated as well. well
1: as not re- up until very recently, with the new president, because he's actually trying to do stuff for the Veterans Administration and clear that up. There are dudes waiting years to be seen and stuff like really? that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Your so,
2: veterans seem to get treated a lot better than us. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I i literally, when I go to America, I can't remember one trip in the last 10 years where I haven't had at least one meal paid for me anomalously. I've in gone into a restaurant and someone's. I've to pay the bill, and they've said, "Oh, someone's taking care of it." Really? And people shaking my hand, thanking me for my service. You, you don't really get that here.
1: Um, even, in, even like in an area that's, I guess, rich in you know, service. Members. Members.
2: I mean, there, there's yeah. been a, a great increase in this country in the last ten years. But I, I think it's just a British thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. you don't really Stand just walk up, up to people and go. To a random stranger who you could tell has been in the military and go, "Thanks for your service," but you guys in America are a lot more open about it and you know friendly with
1: it. We're more reserved, definitely. Yeah, I guess the, I, you know I I I said, yeah, okay, that's a good way to yeah. think. I never never looked at it that way. I guess I never.
2: Yeah, no. I think um,
1: the way we look after our veterans
2: has increased dramatically in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are guys from the Falklands and, and early Northern Ireland and stuff where. I think they struggled a lot. Mm. And it's only now because of the massive media profile of it all and, and social media and everything that those guys that have needed help are, are getting it now and getting looked after a lot better.
1: Do you guys have, like, a veterans' administration over here?
2: Uh, we got what's called the service... It's service personnel and veterans agency. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's not as big as your VA. I don't think.
1: It's a, so it doesn't run hospitals and things like that. No, oh, no, really? no. Oh, Do you guys have like naval hospitals and stuff like like? Not anymore. We did more? have. We did yeah. have. Shut it down. Cl- yeah.
2: They closed it all down years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No, we have obviously a national health, don't we? Yeah. So we we're, we're supposed to be priority cases with our our local doctors and our hospitals. Mm. Um, and I've not had any problems with it. I've been treated yeah. pretty, pretty well.
1: It's, it's interesting to kind of see because I, I did think it was the opposite but I, you know you guys would know better than I would man
2: no I, I, I think you, you got I know a fair few veterans out in the States
1: um, and they looked after really well okay well dude about this games thing right alright so it's it's Canada so it's what yeah, five hours earlier right five or six five, or
2: five? five. Yeah. it's five yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so that's New York All right so what days are you, are you competing first you're doing the opening ceremonies right so that's so, the 23rd yes. So if I remember rightly, we fly on the 21st, mm-hmm.
2: friends and family fly on the 22nd, open sermon is the 23rd, first day competitions competition is the
1: 24th. Really, no time for jet lag, huh?
2: Not really, no. Fuck, um, <laughs> and on that, on that 24th, from the schedule as it stands now, I'll be hand biking in the morning, doing a time trial event, and then late in the evening from about 730 uh, four minute rowing race mm. and a one minute rowing race finishing about 11.30 at night damn
1: yeah. the same day
2: three events in one day that's the toughest day I think I've got and then the next day is the hand biking uh, what's called a criterion race where we're, it's just like wacky races Mario Kart right. style. everyone's on the track he's just going, just going for it like, yeah. <laughs> yeah going for it and then the day after that Swimming, mm-hmm. and then the day after that again another swimming swimming day. So it's and then the closing ceremony, I think. Yeah. So I'm pretty much from the first day right through the end. I'm competing every day.
1: That's gonna be cool. So you, could, where, where do you watch that? Is it uh, the BBC will broadcast it? B- All right, cool. So yeah. everybody listening, be on yep. the BBC. It's a good place to chill. Yeah. I can't talk about my radio shows on my podcast. Okay. Yeah. they're dope, I know, but I can't <laughs> talk. about <it. laughs> No, we made an agreement. Okay. Yeah, so that'd be cool to see and. Have you talked to the other team, other guys on your team about, like, you know, what What do you think you guys going to be taking care of there? you can get, coming home with some medals? And...
2: Yeah, I mean, we're hoping so. We've heard a rumor that the US team
1: mm-hmm. are
2: putting in all their Paralympians or potential Paralympians this year. So they're really coming strong, oh, really? wanting to get some medals. Um, but, you know, we, we've been running camps consistently since um, they announced the team in, in all the different sports and you know everyone is committed that everyone's been attending travelling all over the country hundreds of miles every weekend training in the different disciplines so everyone's putting the hours in.
1: Do you guys know what other teams are doing time wise or like
2: it, you... this is the hardest thing for me is I've not I don't know who's in my classification. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. so I can't research people and the best I've been able to do is go back to last year's results um, look at the people in my classification in my sports see what times they got to get gold medals mm. and I've been aiming my training towards it
1: I guess that's all you can do right that's all I can yeah. do yeah. Now, when you, we, I guess when you hit the ground there's, there's real no time for excuses right? or jet lag or bullshit no. like that so no. I guess it's going to be a pretty hectic week for you right
2: Yeah. and I think when I, when I get on those start lines now it's, it's a case of I don't really care who I'm competing against I don't mm. care what they've done before I don't care how good they are or if they've got an elbow or two arms or whatever and they're in my classification, it's just grit my teeth and go for it.
1: Dude, that's the Marine Corps way, right? That's, <laughs> that's the brute Marine Brute force way. and ignorance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. brute force and ignorance. Well, yeah. dude, I'll tell you what, it's been good hanging with you, man. And that's I know sweet. you got to get back to training. I appreciate you taking the time to hang with an old Marine. And, uh, well, you got an old Marine friend, so I guess you just <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming down. No, dude, anytime. And good luck with anything. I'll make you a mixtape and for some hip hop. Oh, sweet. Pulling together for you. All right, cool. Thank you, awesome.
0: dude.
1: Appreciate Thank it. you. Thank you. <laughs> That was pretty inspiring, huh? So I have some links you have to check out so you can tune in and support your veterans at the Invictus Games and follow Mark and making of his documentary No Limits as well. Check out InvictusGames2017.com for all the details on that. And head over to Mark's website, MarkOmrod.com to find out more about this dude. Sign up for his newsletter and all that good stuff and follow him on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Just search Mark Omrod, O-R-M-R-O-D. You can't miss this guy. Next week on Huey Off the Record, it's the one, the only, superstar DJ, Matteo DeFontaine. Tain. Tain. If you ever saw Fun Love of Criminals gigs back in the day or recently, you've been lucky enough to be rocking at a Vanity Fair party for the Oscars or the Golden Globes or whatever, you'll know who I'm talking about. Matteo rocks all the decks everywhere. And even though he's one of the coolest dudes on the planet and probably has some pretty juicy behind-the-scenes stories that all the celebrities have been kicking with, the vibe on this pod is a little different. Mateo had some insane, life-changing shit happen to him a couple years back, and we get deep into exactly what happened to him and how he came through. Okay, so you can look forward to that one. In the meantime, you know what to do. Please leave us one of those nice five-star ratings, and be sure to subscribe and spread the love. It's the Brooklyn way, yo. Until next time, stay classy.